0: Yo, 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 welcome to the Land of Six podcast, episode one. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff today. We got some exciting stuff going ahead and into football season, into the training camp. We're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson, Debo, Kyler Murray's money. We're going to talk about our preseason division pick winners. Um, I'll even do a little uh, Super Bowl prediction. Uh, Let's get to it. So, here we are, 2022, and Deshaun Watson is now a member of the Cleveland Browns. They finally got their guy, huh? Man. You know, as a father of a little girl, it's hard for me to even really give a shit about this situation, to be be honest with you. Like, I don't even know how I feel about it. Like, it makes me feel... As a football fan, that side of me wants to watch him play and wants to see the Browns do well. And I hope that the Browns don't regret all that $230 million guaranteed dollars they just gave him. Uh, But man, this seemed like when it came to Baker, after spending a first overall pick, traded him for a fifth rounder, just discarded him. I'll kind of get into that more in a second. But as a human being, the Browns are doing Browns things. And like a part of me just wants to see the Cleveland Browns literally swirl down the toilet for their season. I I don't know. Maybe they'll end up giving the Niners a pick for Jimmy Garoppolo if Watson gets suspended. If I'm being real, the dude already missed one season. Uh, it seems like money is paying off his troubles. And I I don't know how I feel about it. Cause it makes me feel some type of way when you look at the whole situation. I'm not going to get into everything so much because you can read all kinds of different things about it. But seriously, as a father, though, I don't want to see that guy play another down in my whole entire life. Like I I don't know. I just it makes me feel cringy. I just I'm I'm glad that I don't have to make the decision on it because there's lots of people that have been in lots of real life situations of just you know sexual assault in general. That the NFL may lose some fans, and I know they'll be all right, but that situation is just it makes me it makes me cringe. Um, especially with how they handled the whole Baker deal, like. I don't know. So I'm going to just kind of deflect away from Deshaun Watson. I don't know what's going to happen to him. I I don't, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I really, honestly, I think that if they suspend him, you know, no less than six games, I don't feel like they really, he's going to learn any kind of lesson from it. So I don't know if that type of behavior is going to pop up again in the future. Um, but good luck to the Browns for all the fucking crazy shit storm you just caused. Being right in the middle of the bullshit again, like always. Uh, to Baker. Man, oh you boomer sooner. Uh shredded it with a passion. You know, I will say one thing. I normally talk all kind of shit on these players that is like, you know, I remember I used to like laugh at Dion whenever he would sit games out with turf toe. Not that turf toe's not, you know, doesn't hurt, but What kind of precedent do you want to set? Right? Fans want to see players play. And when you got somebody who really honestly should have been sitting out from the very beginning of the season from week two. And that shoulder, whenever he messed up was the labrum or I don't remember, it was something the the throwing shoulder was he was hurt. And you could tell he was hurt. His throwing mechanics were off. I I get it. I get it. But dude toughed it out and went and he was there fighting in the trenches with his squad. He knew his team needed him and he sucked it up and he played. And yeah, he wasn't on point and he didn't have his best year. Believe me, I know. I had him in my fantasy. I I had him on my roster. I picked him as my quarterback. So I was disappointed as fuck whenever he didn't do very well. But you got to have a little bit of respect for the fact that the man didn't do what a lot of these quarterbacks do that pull the whole, you know, Jay Cutler in the playoffs and go ride the fucking bike. Like the dude was out there trying to help his team win games. And if I was Baker Mayfield, man, like I would have a forever chip on my shoulder. I would not even give a shit about no more commercials. Like I would just seriously just be focused on proving these people wrong because he has that fire and he has that passion and he has the talent. Like, dude may come off a little bit immature and childish. He's in his 20s. Like, who was not childish in their 20s? Especially whenever you're having a lot of success and you're a number one overall pick. I think this is a real coming down to earth for him. So I am actually really excited. And this is one of the things that I – I don't really agree with Skip Bayless on a whole lot of things. But, you know, I really do think that Baker Mayfield will – prove a lot of people wrong if he has the right approach to it if he continues to just focus on the attention and do the stupid commercials and you know be more of a distraction then he may not but i really do feel like there's a part of me that really wants to see baker succeed with all this and especially i'm i'm so glad that he is no longer literally shackled to the fucking mess that is the cleveland browns next subject Let's get let's talk a little bit about my Niners and Debo and Jimmy G. So the whole offseason I feel like has kind of been um weird because the the main goal was trying to trade Jimmy G so that way it could be Trey Lance's team and that, that twenty s six point nine million dollar cap hit that Jimmy G is gonna have on our team that we could pay Debo, right? Well, then Debo's wanting to trade. He's not one, you know, there's all kinds of different rumors on why he's wanting to leave San Fran. And, that, that man, it hits me as a fan because Debo's literally probably one of my favorite players right now. I got his jersey that I wear. That's like, you know, he's he's the guy. Everybody, Debo. Man, walk, watching him come out the tunnel, rocking that, uh, <laughs> rocking that with the boom box, different songs, you know. Man uh it he brings an energy to the team that him and Trent Williams bring an energy to the team that's almost irreplaceable so there's there's a couple angles that I I know that we want to get something for the 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 type of quarterback and the the uh the you know everybody's going to need a a starter like like Jimmy is is a, a quality quarterback and and I I've had a lot of issues with just different games of his over time. And then the thing that I don't really understand, he's probably – and I had a conversation with one of my good friends yesterday. Jimmy G is one of those guys that's literally the most confusing player on the planet. I don't get it. Two or three drives, and they're not all consecutive. They're spread out throughout a game. Two, three, four drives out of the game. Dude is top five. Lights out, lasers, daggers you know getting the ball out of his hand in like half a second on point like dude is on just another level certain tribes but the rest of the game i don't know where that person is i don't know if the dude has split personalities i don't know if it's his mentality like if whenever he's trying to be aggressive he's that way or like all of a sudden he's like all right now i gotta just not lose it i just gotta i just gotta play back and play conservative and that's whenever he like hesitates and makes his mistakes. I, I don't know the mentality or like why or what but there's got to be some sort of psychology there because there's no way you can go and play some like it, it, I don't give a shit if you like Jimmy G or not if you go back the dude wins the highest winning percentages in NFL history but it's painful as hell as a fan to watch this man struggle, 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 and then all of a sudden, da, 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 out comes the cape. And he just, like, like, for example, perfect against the playoffs. Against the Packers in the playoffs. In Lambo. Dude is throwing lasers and darts at the end of the game to get Robbie Gold, the game-winning field goal. Okay. Outplayed Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. That's not unusual. Dude, Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoffs. Whatever. Da-da-da-da. Then we go... And the game's on the line again against the Rams. And the dude, like, we're up. And the dude, two drives in a row, just vanishes off the face of the earth. And I I just, I I don't know. $26.9 million. I really hope he's not on our roster. That's the most expensive backup in history. Like, that's Debo money and kind of getting into Debo a little bit again, kind of backtracking tra- tra- back a little bit, talking about our offseason. How much money should we pay Debo? Because I, to, if I Debo was here, man, I would, dude, I'd be dapping him. I'd be like, "What's up, Debo? Hey, man, you the shit." But seriously, though. The reason why you're so good is because of all the different little you're like the Swiss Army knife. You know, you can run between the trenches, you can do jet sweeps, you can do the deep ball, you can do a little bit of everything really well, right? But if you don't wanna stay in San Francisco because the latest report said it was because he didn't want to be used like a running back because it was short in his career. Okay. Well, I get it. I totally understand that, that you wanna you wanna play as long as you can. Um, you want to, of course, protect your life, you know, that, that's your, that's your money ball that you're, you're an explosive player. You don't want to, you know, get hit by a 300 pound guy being drove into the ground, break something. You do have a little bit injury history, that kind of thing. But that is what makes you unique and different from everybody else. So how can you, if we're just talking about receiving, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, it's the, it's the, everything is everything. It's the combination of all the things you can do. So if you only want to be used as a receiver, I don't know if you're as valuable as if you were, you know, mixing it up and going in the backfield, a few games, you know, a few drives a game or a few plays a game or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. And I think only him and the San Francisco 49ers know the real true full issues, but I really hope we figure it out. Everybody wants to see Debo stay in San Francisco. If you are a San Francisco 49er fan, which I am because I grew up loving Jerry Rice and I played uh, receiver, I think I might be one of the only Missouri 49er fans, at least it seemed like that when I was growing up. You want to see Debo in a Niners jersey. But how much would you be willing to pay for him to not do all the things to get that he, that he did to get the money? Like, there's injury history if you're just wanting to play like we got a lot of talent like I just I hope we figure it out and I I just I really feel like in the offseason if we would have been a lot quicker with trading Jimmy G before all these different dominoes started falling if we could have got something for Jimmy first we would have had 26.9 extra million dollars in cap to do something um in division though, Kyler Murray just signed a hundred and sixty million dollar guaranteed total contract is 230 million, 230.5 I think he had to have that point five so that way he could show up Deshaun Watson's money. But it's not fully guaranteed. And there's also lots of weird little stipulations in it. Um I'm not gonna dive too deep in it. It's something about he has to the coach has to feel like he's prepared. Uh, there's a bunch of weird little things that I haven't really ever seen in any other maybe it's just that they didn't report it, but a bunch of little things in there that I've never really seen before. So I'm not really sure how that's going to affect Kyler's money, game plan future with the Cardinals if he's just going to get traded like Wentz did, like uh, the Rams did golf. Like you get that um, contract. You still got to go out there and play, man. And if I'm being dead honest, like, I know the Cardinals, it was a no-brainer for him to sign him because it's like, who else would you have? Like, would you really want to be running games with Colt McCoy? Um, but where is Kyler Murray in the end of November and December and January? I, Like, you can say lots of different things, and I'll kind of jump into um, last season. Man, they were, like, shredding the world on fire last year. And then it just all vanished. Kyler Murray, like I it, I kind of talked about um, with my little fantasy football group about it. Maybe it seemed like they were doing a little bit of holding them back um, to try to rest up for the playoffs. Um, but him and Hopkins started the season out, well, they were averaging 30.2 points a game. And then when they went out for the rest of the season in December on, it was like 18.8 and went one and four down the stretch, including the playoffs. Um, you can't get worse as the season goes, especially not with, you know, big name players like that. And then giving out $160 million guaranteed $230 million over five years. Um, I I'd have to look back at the, over the last few years, I just literally, I don't remember Kyler ever having a good December, a good November, even in at OU, I man, boomer Sooners. I you know, Baker, Kyler, some of these guys, you know, I, I'm a big Sooner fan being in uh, Missouri. I got a lot of family members that went to OU. So it's like, I'm a I'm a big Boomer Sooner fan. And I want, I wish him well. And I wish, like I just wish he'd be on a different team. Something that like, you know, maybe set him up a little bit better for success. I know Kingsbury was really big on him. That's why they took him number one. All these things. Yeah, 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 I get it. But Dude is like the best September, October player, like top 10, top five, maybe. And then like literally every year, it seems like by December, he's like bottom five. So I just don't know. And I know that the Cardinals are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because they didn't really have many other options. But I really want to see Kyla show me something in fucking December, man. Show me something in January. Like dude come on like if if you're just getting nicked up look at some of these other quarterbacks that are you know doing a little bit of mix like josh allen josh allen had his best game in january if it wasn't for a coin flip he might have a ring like you can't be that guy for a couple months and then as defenses get better you you vanish you can't go ghost on it like that like I just want to see a little bit more consistency, and I hope that I'm looking at this podcast. Like, if I ever replay the first episode, I hope I look back on this and I see the man do some things in January, and I can say, "All right, he got that off his back." I I wish him well. I really do. Um, another person right now that people are kind of iffy on, uh, or you know, this injury history and and you know, potential that kind of thing. There's a lot of hate on Tua, and every dude. So I'm a, a big believer in people based on what have they done in the past like you got to look back at it you have to see like okay who is this person not who are they right now not right in their current situation but who is this person for real and if you look back at the past it's a good indicator of the future okay so let's look at Tua in college 69 percent passer rating or passer completion percentage total for his entire career had a year where he was over 70 percent dude one In his entire career in college, 87 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Sure, it was with Bama, right? Big name guys. Big name guys, right? Like, he dude had targets. But let's look at his pro career. Dude is still a 66% completion rating. Let's look at the Dolphins roster. Tell me who was, like, okay, so – The dude is playing on a team last year, and if you watched him play, which I did a little bit because I had Gaskins on my fantasy football team and I had Waddle, dude had literally zero run game. And if you've ever played Madden before and you can't move the ball, tell me how difficult that is to win that game. It's going to be damn hard. And the dude somehow still, with no run game, put up 27 touchdowns to 15 picks with a 66% completion rating. Knowing that the defenses that are scheming against him know that there's no way that they're going to be able to run the ball because their line was garbage, and for some reason they literally were—I think it was like they averaged like two yards of carry, three yards of carry—they were not running the football well at all. So play action's gone, run game's gone. It's literally just a driving back, still kind of recovering that hip injury that he took in college was brutal, but still. First two seasons had two comebacks and had a total of four game-winning drives and 21 starts. That's hella good. And now you got, you know, you add Monster, you add Tyreek, you add some weapons on that squad. And the deep, like, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he comes out and he plays this year. Because the dude, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek are building him up, talking about how accurate he is. And I, I see it. But I think it's one of those type of situations where um, I feel bad for him because everyone seems to be in this thing where he's, they're already dogging him, they're already putting him down, they're already having zero faith in him, so they're literally waiting on that first opportunity to like take him to the guillotine. We're gonna lynch your ass. We're gonna cut your head off and like you know I, I'm just afraid, seriously afraid for him that he's gonna have. A couple bad games, and then all of a sudden he's going to be Marcus Mariota for fucking six years. Just a backup waiting on an opportunity. And I really hope that Tyreek stays healthy, Waddle stays healthy, and they can really work together and get this man. Like He's really like that guy. We'll find out. Uh, There's a lot to be excited about this season. I'm really high on the Dolphins. I think they could give the Bills a little bit of a run for the money with the division. I think the Bills are a hands-down way bigger team, and I'm going to go ahead and jump into that now. I was going to wait. Where the hell are the Bills getting their cap money from? Like, they literally, the Bills, Tampa Bay, and the Rams seem to have unlimited cap. They, you know, I can I could sit here and talk all kind of shit on them, but I'm actually not gonna. Um, even though the Rams are in my, you know, my Niners division, I'm a Niners fan. Even though the Rams are in division. I gotta show nothing but love and respect for what their GMs have been doing for the cap space creativity with just literally signing deals that are so team friendly with the way the cap is structured. And I like that right there, that type of stuff. I'm surprised everybody because there was a uh there was a signing that they got Vaughn Miller and all these different like little signings that they picked up. Whereas like and they just found an extra hundred and fifty million under the couch cushion where like how like Bill's already had one of the best teams already had one of the best quarterbacks already had one of the best receivers now they're going to have one of the best pass rushers they've already got some of the best corners, and then they drafted one, and that it's like they've lit they have done rams, Tampa Bay, Bills they have done such a good job at just restructuring and organizing like avoiding out years of contracts and doing all these creative ass little things to just literally assemble some of the best talent to put their teams in a position to win and it's it's really uh frustrating if you're not a fan of one of those three teams because i see my niners sit here stuck with fucking jimmy g who's gonna be a backup paying 26.9 million devo talking about walking because he's not getting paid So we're literally sitting here with our fucking hands tied behind our back when we could just cut losses with Jimmy, you know, and and I I know that these guys are in different situations where, you know, they're trying to get something for him. I get it. But don't shoot your damn foot trying to save face. Like, damn. I mean, how are some of these other teams literally working miracles? And I feel like we're stuck, like, just – trying to keep a couple of our stars not adding really to it just trying to keep our stars um you know so the the situation with the cap i really am excited to see moving forward in the future of more and more teams start applying some of these things and if somehow there's a lot of things to those contracts and caps that will come back to bite them in the ass in the future i'm not really sure um i don't think so being for the bills um has really done some very creative things and if other teams aren't putting that shit under a microscope they got they're doing it wrong like they legit are they're dangerous this year um and i'm gonna kind of use that as a segue to kind of lead into the madden ratings uh If you don't have Debo and Jamar Chase in your top 10, and I'm just literally, I'm not even going to get into all the different positions. Like, Madden is the NFL's licensed football game. If you watched, I mean, with one eye closed, the game with the Chiefs and the Bills, and you want to tell me that Josh Allen is a 92 overall, I would question your sanity. Dude is like Derrick Henry and Brett Favre combined together. Like that is – because I'm hoping that Trey Lance will be – he's got the kind of prototype and build of Josh Allen. He can kind of run. He's got a bigger body style. You know, he's he's got, you know, that laser cannon. Like I really – like Josh Allen is a top three any way you look at it, right? Like it don't matter how you're examining quarterbacks – to give this man a 92 overall rating, get the fuck out of here. There is no way, and I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna hate on Brady being the top-rated quarterback, but the man's 45, 44. Like, dude's like year 20 plus. Like, how in the hell? Like, I know he won the passing yards, all those things, but like. How are you going to take a dude like Josh Allen who can do everything? He can run, scramble. Dude could, like, just absolutely destroy, and you're going to give him a 92? Like, come on, man. last thing I'll say about Madden, you don't have Debo or Jamar Chase in your top 10? Seriously? I don't know. I think maybe they just might be waiting to try to do some sort of a roster update or something because there's no way. Let's get on to probably my favorite part of this episode. I was saving it for the end. I'm going to do some preseason division winners and we'll see where I'm at. I normally am really, really good about picking these. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to pick who I think the division should be won by. And then I'm going to pick a sleeper team. Um, that I feel like everybody's kind of counting out, but has a lot of possibilities in my mind of who could end up really winning the division if things just kind of fall their way. Because a lot of times it's not about who has the most talent; it's about kind of how things play out right for who plays who at the right time, who catches the injury bug least, who ends up kind of getting all these different calls. That you know, it just, there's a lot of things that just. If you get three or four of these close-call wins, that could be the difference of winning the division or going to the playoffs or not. So let's start with the AFC. I feel like the AFC is loaded, and I'm going to actually make that a big topic in next episode. Um, but AFC North, I'm going to take Cincy. I saw clips and pictures of this man, Joe Burrow, the last throw of the game when he threw the ball and uh, went, I think it was P. Ryan, at it, uh, the very last throw of the game on fourth down. Um, when P Ryan it like went towards his shins and he didn't die for it or go for it or whatever and it hit the ground. Joe Burrow went and got that ball and he's actually practicing with it in training camp. Um, they got a whole bunch of linemen. Um, they got better on defense. Like that Cincy team is gonna be dangerous as hell if they just kind of if the, everything stacks up and they can keep Joe Burrow upright. Man, he took too many hits. So if they can protect him a little bit better, give him a little bit more time and not take as many hits since it could be right back in the Super Bowl. Um, AFC South is probably the weakest division, I feel like, of all of them. Um, I'm going to go with Indianapolis just because of the the run game. The run game is key in anything. Um, AFC West, I'm going to take Denver because I believe in their defense. And I also think when you add young core that they've got on offense and put a, a, a Super Bowl champion in Russell Wilson to lead that group, I think that's dangerous. They, their defense was top five last year, and I I know that uh, everybody is thinking the Chiefs, and they could, but I just when I look at it, I'm picking uh, to go with Denver. Um, AFC East, I'm gonna go Buffalo. I mean, hands down, they're probably like a top two, top three uh, talent in the league. Um, as long as Josh Allen and some other people can stay healthy, they should dominate the. Literally, they should run away with it till the the end when it matters, and they get good matchups, things like that. The big thing with the Bills is they seem to drop a lot of close games last year. Um, Like, these weird little games that they should have dominated, like the fucking when they lost to the Jaguars. What was that? Like, Josh Allen that day wasn't even the best Josh Allen. Um, So that's something to kind of see and I want to watch this year is, is that going to be a continued trend with them? Like, are they going to just play to the level of their opponent? And if they don't really, like, respect their opponent – are they going to be easy to be taken advantage of because they didn't really prepare right? Um, you know, that's the big difference. Sometimes in the playoffs, getting that number one seat and getting a rest, you got to smash the little bugs. You know what I mean? Um, so, those are the division champions that I picked for the AFC Cincy, Indy, Denver, and Buffalo. Um, the sleeper teams in the divisions, I'm going to take the Ravens because Lamar Jackson's going for a contract, and I'm going to talk about that in the next episode also. Um, I think he could uh, low, low key, be probably a, a dark horse in the MVP race this year. Um, I'm also going to take the Jaguars in the South just because they just went through uh, ETN went through that injury at the beginning. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was a rookie. They had Urban Meyer, a joke of a coach. Um, I really do think the Jaguars are going to step it up. I don't know if they're going to have enough to really um, do as much as you think, Um but I think they could give Indy a run for their money. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but as far as the, the sleeper team for the AFC West, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Whenever you get a talent like Devontae Adams to go with Waller, to go with Jacobs, to go with Hunter Renfro. Um, and then I'm also going to take um, out of the East, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I uh, kind of touched on a little bit of why I like Tua, um, but I just, I I really think that you know, something that they should have done is I, I really do think they should have kept Flores. I think that he was a, he had the defense on point. I just don't think um, they should have let him go just by missing the playoffs barely. Yeah, he missed the playoffs, but it was by one game or half a game or whatever it was. They should have paired him with an offensive coordinator that's proven in the league to kind of get the run game going, get the pack, get like, you know, have more excitement on offense because um, their line was atrocious and their offense was the, the problem last year. Um, they, I think they averaged like 3.5 or some 3.6 yards a carry or something like that last year. It's just not, uh, not good enough. Didn't, didn't cut it. Um, and Mostert and things like that. I think they're going to surprise people. Um, let's go to the NFC North, um, the NFC side of things. I'm going to take Green Bay. Um, I, man, I, I got, uh, I, I don't know. I got no love for Green Bay really, but I think they're with having the best quarterback, I think. They're just in a weak division. I do think the Lions are ready to surprise some people. That's going to be my sleeper. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. In the NFC North, Green Bay Packers, better watch out for the Lions. They um, got a young core, a quarterback with a chip on his shoulder, uh, talented coach. Um, Patricia, um, I don't know what, No, I don't even know, actually, I know if he's still there or not, but I know that he seemed to kind of have those young players, Amon Ra, and some of these other guys playing out of their mind. I need to look and see if he's still on the roster. I'm not. Really sure if he's coaching still or not. I think he should be. I don't don't know uh, much about the Lions other than they had a great draft. They had a decent uh, – that glimpses of talent last year. I think they could surprise a bunch of people. Um, I do think that Tampa is going to win the NFC South. I think with the best quarterback hands down of all time, whatever you feel about Tom Brady, love him or hate him, he's still going to go out there and put dots on people's heads and get the ball out before you can get to him, things like that. A team that I want to watch for is the sleeper team in the NFC South is the Saints. Um, big signing for me is I think the Honey Badger locks up that defense. He's going to do a whole bunch of things. Quarterback on that defense, get Jameis Winston back from injury, and let's see what happens. Um, they're still doing some damage with uh, basically a tight end at quarterback. Which there's nothing wrong with Taysom Hill, but um, I just yeah, I just wish that it was really unfortunate that Jameis went uh, Jameis Winston went down as early as he did. Uh, NFC West, I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, anytime you match a player of Bobby Wagner's caliber with the with defensive player of the decade and Aaron Donald, I think that's honestly like hands down. And Ramsey, those three, if they stay healthy, there's not really a whole lot that I don't think they can do. And you look on offense. I mean, they got weapons for days with Stafford literally and Cup. They're like, yeah, that, that's that's going to be really tough. So I want to pick my Niners, but that's why I'm going to pick them as a sleeper team because, really, there's a big unknown whenever it comes to the NFC West with the Niners because they do have an amazing roster all around with depth from A to Z. But the one thing, everybody's waiting to see what Trey Lance will do, and I don't want to put too much on his shoulders at the beginning. He literally is just in his rookie season as a starter um, the second year, but a rookie season as a starter. Dude only started two games, so – um number one can he stay healthy the whole season number two is he going to show progression in a playbook things like that if they get some momentum going you better watch out for him if trey if trey lance can be anything like what i think he's gonna be um i think they they have a dark horse shot at winning the title this year um uh going to the nfc east i honestly don't like anybody in this division if i'm gonna be real but if i have to pick somebody i guess i'll pick the cowboys um they're the most talented team but that really doesn't mean shit um, if I were to say a dark horse and I had to pick one, I'm going to go with my Boomer Sooner. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Um, I got a lot of faith in him to take another step forward. Um, the Eagles roster is—I don't know—it's it, up in the air with me. I know that they've got some really good talent, but can they put it all together? We'll see. Um, if I had to do a pre-pre season, uh, I may end up doing another Super Bowl pick before the season starts. After I watch some players play in preseason, so I'm going to call this my pre preseason Super Bowl prediction if I had to throw one out there I'm going to say the Rams and the Bills uh that those rosters like they it's almost not even fair what they did to not only be as good as they were but then you look at all the additions that they added um hands down I feel like these two rosters and then of course you got Cincy and you got Tampa and you got some other teams that are right up in there but if I had to, if I was put to the fire had to pick a team right now from the NFC it would be the Rams and if I had to pick a team from the AFC I would say the Bills. Um, I definitely think there's a lot that may go into changing that as I watch some of these younger rookies play because I think that depth really matters Um, but that's really what I'm going to go with As of right right now, episode one, really early pre -pre preseason. We're like uh, 45 days from the start of the season, so there's like a whole month and three weeks of preseason that might kind of change my mind, injuries, um, things like that. Um, But that that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm gonna end every episode on a serious note um, because I do feel like sports are beautiful, and there's a lot of things that happen outside the lines that I feel like affect the game on the inside. And I'm going to touch on some of this stuff a little bit more later on. Um, but I saw something on a football thread that really wasn't anything to do with football at all. Um, I really think this is cool, and this is kind of how I'm going to end the episode here. Um, but in the UFC, uh, Patty Pimblett, uh, after his last win, he, after his victory, he said some things that really sunk deep into my heart because I do feel like everybody at some point or another feels super alone super feels like they have no help, they have no, um, things are unescapable, there's nothing they can do to fix their situation, and um, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to share his words from what he said, and then I'm also going to leave you with a couple words and encourage it of my, from my own, um, but after he, he won his last fight, um, they were interviewing him, and this is what he said, uh, I woke up on Friday morning at 4 a.m. to a message that one of my friends back home had killed themselves. This is five hours before my weigh-in. So, Ricky lad, this wins for you. There's a stigma in this world that men can't talk. Listen, if you're a man and you've got weight on your shoulders, and if you think that the only way you can solve it is by killing yourself, please speak to someone. Speak to anyone. I know rather me mate cry on my shoulder than go to his funeral next week. Men, start talking. Seriously, though? It doesn't matter what it is, if it's money situation, if it's um, relationship struggles, if it's business struggle, anything that you can think of that you feel like is inescapable, seriously, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member. If you don't have anybody, call 988. Literally right now, there is just like 911. There's a little short code that you can text or you can call at any hour of the day and you can get, it's literally 24 hours, and you can just literally vent. Sometimes that's all it takes is just vent. I know from my personal life, there's been some situations that I've been in that I thought there was no way out. And it just takes someone looking at it from a different perspective to show me the light where the exit is. And after you get past it, you look back and you're like, why did I stress about that so much? Please. Please, please, please reach out, get some help if you need it. Now, on to the next episode, we've got a lot we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about um, a couple things that I've already mentioned. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about the loaded AFC uh, in general. Um, Also focus a little bit on the AFC West because there's literally four teams in that division that I see could all end up making the playoffs, which would be crazy. Um, Lots of different things that we're going to go over and talk about. Until next time when we journey to the land of six, let's go.